Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Welcome, everybody, to episode 38 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm Phil Souza, and I'm here with my good friend, Grant Cake Eater Youngsma. How's it going, Grant? Wonderful, because we're talking about not my favorite in the trilogy, but one of my favorite trilogies of all time in yeah. any movie genre. Yeah, I want to go straight to that, because, um, uh, well, first off, I, I, I want to issue an apology we've not missed a week ever of this show ever since we started back in november we, we literally launched this podcast when disney plus launched yep and never missed a week um last last weekend i was i tried so hard to, to make this happen to record with you and um i've just been going through a lot of um allergy uh issues pain and it just exhaustion i it's I, like no no other time in my life well Quick story. So when I was in, like, when I was in junior high, late elementary school, junior high, and stuff like that, I was hypothyroid. Okay. Which a lot of people don't know what that is. You may because you've you've been around like medical and sports and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But um, your th- thyroid basically manages your energy level, and also, of course, probably what most people think of is like how you. Um, uh, ingest food and get energy from yep. food and stuff like that. So if you're hypothyroid, that means you're low on it, which means that you're tired all the time and you're never hungry. Mm-hmm. And that's how I was for years. I, I had like, um, I, I took like a, a thyroid stimulus pill okay. every day uh, for years and went in for blood tests like quarterly, which is a lot when you're like 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, so yeah, but I, I've never come so close as feeling hypothyroid as I have in the last few weeks. I've been just tired all the time and, and almost never hungry. So um, I thought about maybe going back in and getting tested for thyroid again, but um, I'm just, right now I'm just chalking it up to, to allergies. So I okay. like today, today, the day that we're recording this, I, I came home from work i almost fell asleep on the way home at like five something p.m which is is like really embarrassing for <laughs> a, a 40 year old i'm not like ancient uh and came home i i played with my daughter for as long as i possibly could and then i just felt i just fell in bed and i slept for about an hour and a half and then i came here so i uh that's just my life right now is just sleeping a lot um and i just couldn't make it work last week like last weekend but let's talk but enough about my medical history. Let's get to the podcast. Uh, if you're just joining us for this podcast, we are an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus. We've done Star Wars. We've done Marvel stuff. Uh, we're very soon, upcoming within, probably within the next few weeks of this recording, uh, going to be re- reviewing the new Marvel stuff that's coming out to, Di- to Dis- Disney Plus. Um, and then... Uh, we love to talk movies, some of our favorite movies, including this classic. Uh, the very first Mighty Ducks movie came out in 1992. Grant, I'm going to throw it to you now. 
Um, I know Mighty Ducks is very special to you. Yes. Uh, I did not grow up on these movies. In fact, I think this is the first time I've ever seen this movie is when I watched it last night. Okay. Tell me about the, the Mighty Ducks, your history with it, why it's, why it's so important to you, special to you. Well, um, Mighty Ducks was kind of like my go-to movie outside of like animated Disney movies while I was growing up. Um, I would go Blockbuster, Family Video, you name it, and I would work. I would rent it. I mean, even our library would have it every now and then, and oh, I would yeah. rent it and watch it. Um, but as I said earlier, the first one isn't my favorite one. And um, it's kind of funny because, like, my parents, because I was like in my, I was eight or nine when I was watching these. So I watched this one for the first time when I was probably eight. And the language isn't the greatest yeah. in this one. Yeah. And so my parents kind of like banned me from watching that one. Wow. So that could play kind of a part in why this isn't my favorite one. But I also really enjoy the character like grouping of the second and third one. Like the people that they bring in in the second movie. I like a lot more than the kids that they leave out from the first movie. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like I enjoy the Charlie, um, Averman, Goldberg, and the ones that are carried over into the next movie. But then you have the other half of the Bash brothers coming in in D2. And I, I honestly think the second and third one has a lot more comedy than the first one as well. I think yeah. that could be a part. But if I had to rank them, I would go D2, D3, and then this one. Do you think that's a common ranking? Um, From what I've read, they usually go D2, D1, and then D3. Oh, really? Not a lot of people like the third one, but I personally really enjoy the third one. Um, I would... Uh, I can't no promises and, 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 you know, Grant's a teacher. So like, this is kind of like his free time. So, you know, uh, we'll have Grant for maybe another week or two, but, but beyond that, uh, Grant may not be on, be, be able to be on the show for a while. Um, uh, so when those movies come out, we'll just have to take a look at his schedule and see, but I would honestly love to cover all three movies yeah. on this podcast. Um, I, I was tr- talking to Grant before we hit record. I, I don't, I, I'm almost positive. I've never seen this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I think the first time was last night. But I have seen one of the movies, yeah. and I've yet to determine which one that is. <laughs> it might be the third one. Um, I I'm uh, quite a bit older than Grant, and and came to these movies in a different way. So like in 1992, I mean, I you could argue I was the perfect age to watch this because yeah. I was I was 13, uh, almost 13 when the movie came out. But um, I, for some reason, it, I think it, the first one passed me by. I the, the the second and third movies came out two years apart after mm-hmm. that. So 94, 96. Um, I feel like I saw I might have seen the 94 movie, yeah. the second one, or maybe the 96 movie. And I, here's why I say that. We'll get into characters here in a second, but there are a couple characters in this movie. I mean, obviously, everyone knows Emilio Estevez, but other than him, like there were a couple of the kid characters that I recognized. Yeah, but I don't. I didn't recognize them in this movie. And so I was trying to think like, have I seen this actor in a different movie, which in a couple of cases I know I have, because we're going to yeah. talk about heavyweights here in a second. Um, a previous movie that we covered on this podcast, but 
I, I'm, I'm almost positive. I know I've seen a couple of these characters in this context, in a hockey mm-hmm. context. Okay. So I've, I've probably seen the second movie and maybe not the third movie, but um, I, I want to go back and watch those other ones too. Yeah. When they come to Disney Plus, they're not. If you're listening to this and you're wondering, two and three are not on the service as yeah. of the time of this recording. I think um, it's end of October. I believe I read. Okay, so coming up pretty soon. Yeah. We're recording this in August of of 2020. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, by, if you're listening to this several months from now, it's all right. Those movies are already out on the service. But for us right now, they're not uh, yet available. So I'm looking forward to watching those ones just to <laughs> nothing else, just to figure out which one I've actually seen yeah. before. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I did love this movie. And mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I, I want to get into general thoughts and then we, we can kind of talk about our favorite scenes. But um, this movie was a little bit of a surprise for me. I, I To be honest, I... I've heard a lot about the movie, and of course, the franchise is one of Disney's biggest. I mean, especially if you want to talk live action, is there anything bigger? I mean, I'm not counting Marvel, I'm not counting Star Wars. Like, just the Disney title, uh, old fashioned Disney. I don't. There aren't there aren't that many trilogies that they've done, and the ones that have been done have not been picked up as as well as this, as far as box office sales and just general clout. And so, I maybe I should have come in with higher expectations Mm -hmm. but i came in with fairly low i was like okay this is a kids movie it's a kids sports movie at that and so i kind of know what i'm getting into i've seen kids sports movies so i kind of know what to expect here and i was surprised like there were there were scenes that dramatically we'll talk about the comedy too but Mm -hmm. dramatically the serious tone of this of some of the scenes in this movie i thought had incredible weight um there are some themes themes in this movie that are really powerful and oh, expressed yeah. very powerfully, and the characters. I found myself falling in love with these characters way more than this movie had any right to do. I mean, for the kind of genre that it comes from, uh, most movies don't pull on your heartstrings like this one does. Yeah. So I was impressed and now very excited to see the second one, which I learned that you like even more than this one. Mm-hmm. So what are your, what are your general thoughts on, on this movie? Like pretend like D2 and D3 don't even exist. Is this a good movie? Like, have yes, I would, I would say this is, uh, like we talked about, there is a little language in it. Um, but, um, it's kind of like heavyweights in language wise. So if you've seen heavyweights kind of expect that, but I mean, I feel like it does, a good baseline, a good background of everything because it takes you into the childhood somewhat of Gordon Bombay and who he is. And then it kind of sets it up because for the six characters or seven that go on to the next two movies, it gives you a good like background of who these characters are as well. So I'd say for a first one of the trilogy, it is good they came out swinging for sure yeah like I, I i i i mean i don't have i don't know i haven't watched any interviews but my guess is that the director the producer like they knew what they had even before it hit theaters like yeah they're like this is gonna be a hit so um now the one thing i did read interview wise uh was from emilio estevez he was he was interviewed around that time i think in mm-hmm. the late 90s or whatever looking back on the entire franchise and he's he's gone on record quote, quoting that he has been surprised by how how impactful these movies have mm. been. Like he he did not expect that going into yeah. this. 
Um, I think probably for him, he w- it was mostly about picking up a paycheck. Sounded like a, kind of a fun story with some kids, maybe endeared him to a younger audience. Whatever reasons yeah. actors take jobs like that, that's why he took this job. And he's been surprised by the reaction yeah. from fans. And I, so. I've read a couple places that they've talked about even like making like a series out of it too. Oh, like a TV yeah. series? Where um, I don't really know what they're going to go with, but I believe I read that Gorin Bombay is going to be kind of like the coach of the Hawks, kind of, and oh. like be kind of the bad guy. And then somebody else is going to um, be the misfit coach. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, anything with a sports team i think endears itself to a season pretty easily yeah. like you can have each each night i mean every week a uh, new episode of the show is a new game mm-hmm. or something like that or not even cover a game in every episode but it that that is the one thing that's really hard to do in a in a movie or any movie really that is trying to encapsulate the entire season of games is that it, it feels like it goes by really quickly like yeah. there are games that are literally covered in like a total of two minutes in this, mm-hmm. in this movie because there's not enough time. Yeah. Um, that said, this movie's a little bit longer than your typical, especially Disney kids sports movie. It's yeah. uh, clocks in at about a, an hour and 45 minutes. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it's actually a little shy of two hours. It's, it's a longer sports movie, but you still have to race through some, some of that stuff. Um, yeah. There's just not enough time. I, I want to talk about Gordon cause you already brought him up and I think he's, he's one of the more intriguing characters mm-hmm. for me. Um, I think probably most kids are looking are watching this movie to watch the other kids. Yeah. But for me, like um, Bombay was actually maybe the most exciting character for me to watch. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's not a big statement cause he kind of is the main character of the movie. Yeah. But like, I, I just, I didn't expect to, to watch this movie to watch him. I was, yeah. I was like, okay, the, the antics, the heavyweights, when you watch heavyweights, it's all about the kids. And yeah, what, and, the definitely. Si- and of course, um, uh, uh, like, you know, his name, um, the, the bad guy. In oh, Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller's character is so funny. You're going to see him, yeah. but the kids are, are just as crazy and just as silly in this movie. For me, I, I enjoyed watching the kids mm-hmm. and they are really funny and very easily, easy to like, like with every scene that they're in. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. Gordon Gordon Bombay's character was really interesting. I think starting out the movie with the and we can just kind of go into scenes now. Okay. I think, but starting out the movie with him being not just a lawyer but kind of a scummy lawyer, like yeah. like the one that always wins every case, but he does so by you know finding loopholes and weird arguments and stuff like that to make his case when yeah. he probably shouldn't be winning cases. He's still winning cases, and and take like okay, this guy's kind of not a great dude. Like from the very first mm-hmm. o- onset, you're just like, I'm not sure I really like this guy. Yeah. And then of course, you know, this movie's not unpredictable. Uh, it, I mean, not, pre- yeah, not unpredictable. Yeah. Um, there are definitely things you're, you're like, okay, I, I can see where this is going. But um, when they give him community service, and they're like, okay, you got to coach this this little league team basically. And, mm-hmm. he, and the very first thing out of his mouth is I hate hockey and I don't like kids. Yeah. You're just like, okay, this guy's not a good dude. Um, but obviously he, we're going to come to like him. He kind of, um, cause you meet, um, in the beginning, you find out why Gordon doesn't like hockey anymore. And he kind of envisions, um, his peewee coach a little bit at mm. the beginning. Cause he's kind of a jerk yeah, and his dr- coach during the opening uh, credits, they're yeah. showing those scenes. And I, and I didn't understand the context for those scenes that mm-hmm. we were sh- being shown at during the opening yeah. credits, but, and so, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, um, Goran Bombay played 
for the Hawks in 1973, and they were in the Pee Wee Championship, and it was two to two, and there was a penalty shot to end the game, and Goran Bombay was taking it, and his coach, Coach Riley, tells him, if you miss the shot, you're not only laying me down, but you're laying your whole team down. So it's a lot of pressure for, I believe they say he's nine years old at the time. So it's a lot of pressure for a nine-year-old. And he, of course, goes on, misses the shot, and then you find out that they end up losing in overtime. And so it kind of sets the stance for who Gordon Bombay is going to be because you find out later in the movie that his dad's passed away. So Coach Riley's kind of a father figure for him at this point. Yeah. And so he kind of goes the way of Coach Riley and who's all about winning and – that's kind of what you see at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, that's a great comparison to make. I um, I certainly caught that in the moment, but I kind of, kind of forgotten about that. But like, yeah, he is he is the winningest lawyer in the yeah. same way that Riley is the winningest coach. Yeah, um, and so, but he's very. Um, I didn't know anything about his character. I again, I've I've probably seen one of these movies somewhere. I just don't remember mm-hmm. anything about him. And so when he, at the very beginning of the movie, when they give him this gig, and he says, "I hate hockey," I was like, "Oh, this guy just hates the sport. Like he just he's never watched hockey before. He's never played hockey. He just doesn't know anything about yeah. it. He just hates hockey." Come to find out, it's like, no, this guy's one of the best players that's ever been, mm-hmm. at least kid players in Minneapolis, yeah. and he's just gotten to the point where he's just, he hates hockey. I mean, because of everything that's happened. To yeah. Him, Cause so. they literally later in the movie, they literally go to a Dallas or North stars game. And one of the, they're at practice and one of the players comes up and introduces them yeah. to another player. And he literally tells them that Gordon was one of the greatest peewee hockey players he'd ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. And his pictures on like news articles that have been like framed yeah. on like, you know, the hockey store and stuff like that. So yeah, he, that the kids come to find out they don't know. Kids don't know anything about him. This isn't the internet days. This is 1992. (laughs) So they don't, they don't know anything about this guy at all. And and, and don't for like the the first Mm -hmm. half of the season. They have no idea who this guy is really. They know his name until they go and get their actual hockey equipment. They find out who he is. He's like Jesse. It's one of the, those kids, uh, one of the brothers. Oh, is it Carp that sees yeah. it? Okay. So he sees the news article on the wall and kind of put pieces it together from there. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so uh, I guess we can talk about characters. What, who are some of the, your favorite characters from the Well, movie? my favorite character, not only in this movie, but in the other three, is Averman. <laughs> and he's kind of your dorky kind of, because he's got the glasses and everything and the curly hair. He's kind of your dorky, but he brings a lot of comedy, especially in this first one. He's kind of the one that delivers that line because right off the bat when Gordon arrives at the first practice, Averman tells him, we suck. And (laughs) Gordon's like, I'll determine who sucks around here. And then he watches them scrimmage and then he's like, they really do suck. Yeah, they're terrible. Yeah. And um, they say that they're 0-9 currently when he's coming in to coach them, <laughs> and their closest game was 5 to nothing. Yeah, I really liked, since you brought it up, I really liked that this movie is not about a full season of hockey. Yeah. It's not even close. Like, 
he only co- coaches them. He might ca- coach like a back nine or something like yeah. that, but they only show like four of the games, mm-hmm. uh, and then they're in the playoffs. And yeah. I, I actually, I really liked that. I your typical, if you're going to set up like a tropey kind of sports movie, it's like okay, this you know um, plucky coach comes in from nowhere. It goes into game one, they're terrible, and he has to build them up the, during yeah. the course of the entire season. This movie's different; like, it's not mm-hmm. trying to go there at all. It's he they're is com- horrible. Yeah, he's coming in at like the sixth inning of a baseball game and yeah. trying to get them to the ends. Like, it's it is uh, it's very different um, in in the setup of it, which I really liked. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So Averman obviously is I think probably a yep. a fan favorite for the series. And then um, Goldberg is kind of always been one of my favorites. Um, he brings a lot of comedy in the later movies and it's so funny cause he's their goalie and <laughs> he doesn't like the puck yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> and, um, his first line to Gordon is I'm, I'm only going to be here for a couple weeks beca- before <laughs> I move back to Philly. <laughs> and so, um, he's definitely another one of my favorite. And of course you can't, not like Charlie. He's kind oh, of, yeah, he's so as good. you go on, he's kind of the heart and soul because in the third one, Gordon's not even really in it and he kind of takes over as the heart and soul and he's kind of that, um, he's definitely the captain of the team. Yeah. So if you've never seen the movie and you're just interested in hearing us talk about it, I guess, um, about halfway, it was about halfway through the movie, about probably good 45, 50 minutes in, I was like, I know I've seen this kid yep. from somewhere. I, ca- I cannot place him. He looks different than what I expect, but this it could be just a younger version of an actor I know. I could not place it, so I had to look it up. I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. ever come up with it on my own because uh, he does, does actually look quite a bit different. But this is Joshua Jackson. Like He, uh, he was in Fringe, like yeah. one of my favorite television shows of all time. Fringe is like a top five show mm-hmm. for me. Um, main character, he's Peter Bishop yeah. in, in Fringe. Um, and then um, other people would know him from that late 90s, teen drama show I'm oh. blanking on it oh uh, Dawson's Creek yep um, I never watched Dawson's Creek obviously but um, but I, a lot of my friends uh, really liked it, especially female friends really liked Dawson's Creek a lot um, but I never watched it but I knew him from that show as well but yeah this is a young Joshua Jackson in yep. fact I don't know that he had done very much um, I was looking at trivia for this movie. Uh, Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio auditioned for this role. Oh. Didn't get it. Uh, they, gave it <laughs> they gave it to Joshua Jackson instead. Hmm. Um, but that's kind of the time frame that we're, we're looking at. It's kind of yeah. like, like, you know, young Leo, young Joshua Jackson. That's interesting. Yeah, they're pretty close in age, I, I would assume. And then probably my last favorite is Fulton Reed. But he's not really my favorite in this one. It's more when... Is he they, more of a main character in the other yeah, movies? When he when they add Dean Portman to the team in D two, when they get the whole Bash Brother thing, that's when I really start liking Fulton. Yeah, I mean he's definitely their enforcer. You can tell because he's a lot bigger than all the kids, right? And they're all scared of him. He's a football player. Like yeah. they, they mentioned that several times, but he he has a. I mean for a. These kids are what, like 11? I think they said they were in sixth grade at one point, fifth grade, something like that. So around 10 or 11. Um, It's essentially the same age as heavyweights, really, um, 10-year-olds or 11-year-olds. But... um, yeah, he but he's he looks like a maybe a freshman in high school. Oh, yeah. like he's he's a huge dude. And they go on to say that he has college scholarships for football. Yeah, which 
How's that possible? <laughs> you're you're in sixth grade. <laughs> but um, yeah, that I think that was more of a tongue in cheek kind of funny thing. But yeah, he's uh, his big thing obviously in this movie, and I'm assuming the other movies too, is that he can slap shot like nobody yeah. else. Like he's just gonna kill that that hockey puck and just yeah. ram it in there. <laughs> and he kind of gives them like the edge they need. Yeah. I mean, every hockey team needs an enforcer, somebody that isn't going to get pushed around and kind of do their dirty work. And he kind of is. Cause I mean, um, you see in the championship game, he takes out the kid that took out banks and then was picking on one of the girls on the team. Yeah. So he kind of steps in and doesn't really care. I mean, he, he ends up getting kicked out of the game for that, but I mean, he doesn't really care cause he's not going to let his team get pushed around. Yeah. Yeah, he's instantly lovable and a force to be reckoned with in the very first scene he's in, which is they lose, was it 17-0? Yeah. To the very first game that you see in this movie, I mean, he's been the coach for five minutes at this point, but like they, they lose to the Hawks, which, mm-hmm. you know, of course they're going to come back later in the movie as the big <laughs> bad, but um, they they just wipe the rink with them. Oh, it's, yeah. It's 17-0. They never even score. Um, they leave the hockey rink and are, are just like heading into an alley or something like that. And they get jumped by some of the players from the Hawks and uh, they don't Ful- Fulton's in their classes, but they don't really know him. And he steps in and like pummels one of the kids oh, yeah. and like scares them off basically. Um, so yeah, from the very beginning, from that very first scene, you're like, this is a weird kid. He does, doesn't talk very much and he's kind of scary looking, but he's also like instantly like you, you love him just because yep. he's protecting these other kids. So, um, uh, let's see from there it gets a little um, like it's harder to remember names and, and characters mm-hmm. and stuff I, you probably know them better than I just because they're in other movies uh, D2, D3 which I don't know that I've seen but um, uh, they add at one point a hockey or no uh, sorry a figure skating girl Yep, there are girls on the team there's only a couple of them there's one that's always on the team from mm-hmm. the very Connie. beginning. Yeah. Yep. And she's in all three movies. Okay. I liked her. I, she didn't have a whole lot to do in yeah. this movie. Um, uh, the figure skating girl that have this, like it's Tammy. A, and there is a brother and sister, Tammy and Tommy. Ta- yep. Ta- so weird. <laughs> her <laughs> names are kids, Tammy and Tommy. Yeah. Um, Tammy and Tommy come on at, at some point. Tammy's a figure skater. She's not really given much to do at all until the very last uh, game, which mm-hmm. does like she scores a goal because she spins around. Yep. Um, or someone else does. She distracts the team. Uh, and then of course, um, the, the big ad is the, we'll get there in a little bit, but, um, Fulton, uh, no, the, um, oh, Adam Banks. Banks. Yeah when they add banks. So mm-hmm. um, I liked that aspect of the movie too, that you're not looking at the whole roster at the yeah. beginning of the movie. They actually literally add to the roster as the movie goes mm-hmm. on, um, which kept things fresh and, Oh, this, okay. Then a new person has joined the team yeah. and so let's see what they can bring to the table. Like um, I thought that was a really good structure um, yeah. for the movie too. So and it, uh, uh, I, f- I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, that's right. Um, I, I really, really liked um, uh, the goalie, uh, Goldberg yep. goalie ca- character. Um, he was funny in every scene. I, we've seen him in other stuff, including heavyweights. Yep. So I, I kind of knew what to expect with him. I knew he was going to be funny. But, um, man, the scene where <laughs> they they literally duct tape him, yep. to <laughs> which duck, I mean, anyway, they, they, they duct tape him to the uh, the goal yep. and like literally where he can't get away and they just pummel him with, with hockey bucks. They call it his bar mitzvah. <laughs> They're like, you're going to be a man after this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they literally like 
I mean, you, there's like a, there are some like funny little sound effect things in, in this movie. And there's like a, literally like a, like a gun being cocked sounds. Yep. And then like there's eight or nine of them, whatever that have just like 15 pucks a piece. And they just hit him with like 150 pucks over the course yep. of like 30 seconds. And then they leave him. Yeah. And they just leave him there. <laughs> He's like, Hey guys, come on guys. But, um, uh, it's basically to make him like get him over his hump of like being scared of, of like He's, he's he's the goalie and he's literally scared of a, pu- a puck flying yeah. him. <laughs> so that's something that like we got to get over this because he was just like dodging pucks and stuff like that. And it's obvious why they made him the goalie because <laughs> I mean he's not going to be able to play really anywhere else. He's he's a big guy. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he kind of makes a good stationary <laughs> player on the on the ice. But I mean he's deathly afraid of it. I mean you see in the Hawks game. There's literally one point where he literally moves completely out of their way <laughs> so they can just shoot at an open net. Yeah. Yeah, the very first Haw- Hawks game. He's yeah. just letting them score. He's just like, go for it. <laughs> and uh, and obviously, Bombay at the very beginning is like, we got we to gotta <laughs> cure that. Yeah. Even his own players are like, you're the worst goalie ever. <laughs> They're like yelling at him from mm-hmm. the, from the uh, sidelines. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you're not going to learn about hockey watching this movie. It's, no. it, it definitely assumes that you either don't a don't care, which is probably a lot of the kids that watch yeah. the movie, um, or uh, b maybe already know some of and the really like hockey. Yeah, already know the aspects of it. Um, there's not there's not anything crazy that happens. Most of the action in this movie takes place off the ice. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I thought that said, I I, I was going to say this at the end, but I'll, I'll say it now since I'm thinking about it, but. Um, I think it's some of the most well shot like hockey action I've seen. Like I, mm-hmm. I guess I haven't seen a ton of hockey movies, but if you just look at sports movies in general, that the camera work can be it's there's a finesse to it. Like you yeah. have to get the shot just right to make it look look impactful and actiony and stuff like that. And I thought they did a great job. Like I, mm-hmm. I again, I, maybe my expectations were too low going into this movie, but I wasn't expecting the kind of fidelity that we got with some of the. Yeah. It's a legit sports movie. Like even though what I just said is true that there there's maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes of the last game is like 10 minutes of, yeah. of hockey action, but it's by far the, the longest game s- yep. stretch of yeah of hockey that you see in the movie. I would say cumulatively, there's not more than 25 minutes of actual hockey yeah. in this movie, but the 25 minutes that you get, I think is very well shot. I was I, really, impressed. I would agree with that. Cause I mean, even, I mean, hockey movies are kind of rare. Yeah. I mean, Disney, the only other one I can think of is Miracle, which is the Miracle on Ice. That's mm. the only other Disney one I really can think of that. I mean, there's probably Disney Channel original movies out there that they did, but um, that's really all I can think of is those two movies. And I mean, outside of Disney, I mean, there's probably like a couple that I can think of. Yeah. But hockey movies are kind of rare. Yeah. And yet they did three of them with yep. with this series, which is really interesting. Um, yeah, they they literally say you're the goalie; it's supposed to hit you. <laughs> That's the point of being uh, being a uh, a goalie. So um, I like that they didn't ha- even have uniforms at yep. the beginning of the movie. We'll kind of talk about costuming a little bit, but um, they get uniforms. There's obviously mm-hmm. a very pivotal scene. Um, uh, they get they literally. I didn't even know the backstory of how they got the name the the Ducks, mm-hmm. um, but there's. What's his name? Duckburg. Ducksworth. Ducks. Duckburg is from uh, uh, Ducktales. Ducktales. Yeah. <laughs> Ducksworth is his um, 
just complete jerk of a boss. Yeah. Like you know, from the very beginning of the movie, like I'm not gonna like this guy, but they he's the money. Like he's mm-hmm. he's the because it's D five is their team name at first, and you find out that they're definitely from like the poorer yeah. area yeah. of Minneapolis. So these kids don't have a lot of money, and you even see in their first game against the Hawks, they're wearing like catcher's gear stuff like that oh yeah and i mean you definitely can tell that they don't have a lot of money yeah so the, it's it's bad enough that they can't play like yeah they're really bad on the ice but they don't even look the part and yeah. at one point bombay goes to his scummy boss and was like hey i know you don't care about these kids but it's it's good press for like the firm like you put mm-hmm. your name on the jerseys or whatever um and we'll call him the ducks after after you know your namesake and all that kind of stuff so he kind of gets him in on the on the plan and then he gets fifteen thousand dollars to, yeah. to spend on whatever he wants and then he just goes shopping spree and i i really like the the motivation for him like he was like he's like at first he kind of tries to pull in his heartstrings a little bit he's like you know these kids need you know some positive energy in their lives and, and blah, he blah. doesn't care he, what doesn't, the- he does not care but like for a while there, I was going with him because because he was really like pulling my heartstrings mm-hmm. a little bit. He's like he's like they can't they can't play their best if they don't look their best, and they they are going to play like they look like they 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 get their confidence yeah in, in a lot of ways from from going out there in style, and I that's not something I'd really ever thought about before like that sports players can actually play better because they feel like they look the part of mm-hmm. a of the of the they're heroes on television. They, yeah. they watch the NHL daily and they want to look like those guys and they just know that they don't. And so mm-hmm. how are they ever going to be inspired to actually play like NHL players if they don't look like them? Yeah. And so I thought that was a really cool thing. And it really is a big turning point for the team. Mm-hmm. So. I, I would definitely agree with that. And then um, the other part of course is when they find out from Hans, which Hans, for those of you that aren't familiar is kind of, He's definitely a father figure for Bombay. Um, Riley was obviously a part of his life, but Hans is kind of that guy that comes along because Gordon's dad passes away very early Mm. on, and so Hans kind of takes him under his wings. And so he mentions to Bombay how the district lines have changed and Mm. that just so happens the Hawks' number one player shouldn't even be on the Hawks, but on the Ducks. So, yeah. Yeah. He being a lawyer, he, he's like, I can take advantage of this. Like I I can work this into my favor. And, and to be honest, he kind of needs that. There's no way they would have even won. I probably without Banks, but like, um, they, uh, you know, I I guess I just spoiled the ending. They, they win the whole championship and everything, but there's no way that would have happened. That would have happened without Banks. Oh, definitely not. And so, yeah, he needs a good player. He needs like a star player on his team. and, And, you know, he sees an opportunity in Banks and he capitalizes on it. Um, there's some friction with that. Like um, Banks's dad comes, actually comes, like drives and walks into the firm and like, yeah. like aggressively like tries to like po- they, posture. They basically have come to like an agreement. Uh, Banks's dad, Ducksworth, and then Coach Riley have come to this agreement that as long as we can get Gordon to just drop this, yeah, we can just let Banks go on play on the Hawks and everything will be great. But Gordon doesn't want to be bullied by them anymore because he really, um, it's kind of the turning point where he starts to actually really care for these kids. Yeah. And he he doesn't even care about winning at this point, 
Right. But he just feels like these kids deserve better. And if somebody's supposed to be on their team, then they should be on their team. Yeah. Just out of a fairness aspect. Yeah, yeah. And, and you talked about like the the you know, a lot of the redistricting probably was because of the, the poor district, like yeah. district five, just, I mean, they were, they're were always going to lose. Like mm-hmm. it, no matter what year, what decade you're in, yeah. district five will always lose because they're the poor kids, the kids that yeah. can't afford uniforms, that kind of thing. And so, yeah, it's, I think the re, re, they didn't say this in the movie, but you kind of assume the redistricting is to kind of right some of those wrongs. Yeah. And so, yes, he is, you know, he found a loophole, he's exploiting it. But he's also trying to say, like, hey, this is what's fair to the team. Yeah. Like, they, they didn't redistrict for no reason. This is mm-hmm. the reason. Um, so he, he goes after that. Um, he doesn't start out so, so uh, um, you know, play by the rules at, at, the, at the beginning <laughs> of the season. Uh, we'll talk about that, I guess. Um, he basically in- encourages them to cheat yep. when he first and comes on. And basically turn into, like, a fall fest where – if anybody's going to get close to you, you just need to fall down and um, what's he say to him? Uh, take the fall, act hurt, be indignant. <laughs> be indignant. <laughs> and that's kind of their rally cry for this one game. And then... Um, but it doesn't really work. Yeah. They still get smoked. <laughs> and so this is their second game now. And they tried against the Hawks. They got smoked. They tried to cheat and got smoked still. So now... He, um, Hans kind of enters the picture and, um, you can tell he's very disappointed with Gordon and knows that he wasn't raised that way. Mm. And so that's kind of another turning point where, um, Hans tells him, you just need to coach them and show them the basics and everything. And that's kind of where you start to see the turnaround. Yeah. And I I think that's when I... when I first got a clear picture of what the what the, the one of the major thing themes was going to be in the movie, there's, I think there's several things you could pull out of it. But mm-hmm. one of the ones that really stuck with me was that it's not about winning. Yeah, uh, winning is not why you play sports. Like mm-hmm. it's about a obviously most importantly having fun, um, but b like what you learn along the way, the relationships you make. Yeah. That's why you play sports. Yes, everyone likes to win. That's you know that's a given. But in this movie. The the win the one the ones that always win are the ones that are willing to do it at any cost, even mm-hmm. if it means sacrificing the human beings that are around you. Yeah, and so that, that that's the Hawks, and you know, oh, definitely. through and through. And so you see, I think that really for me, the first one to ever utter something about winning versus just having fun was Hans in that mm-hmm. in that scene, that yeah. really serious scene. And because you kind of see it, even in the Hawks game. Um, they're still and at their first practice they're having fun and they're having fun just being out there they they don't uh, really care about losing yeah and it's really gordon whose mindset changes yeah as you go through the movie yeah so he he almost starts i don't i can't remember if he says it explicitly like riley says it but at the like in, in the very first practice he's just like don't you guys want to win like yeah. like he has he comes in with that and then it's, I mean, it's surprising he doesn't catch himself. And, and as soon as he says that the first time, it takes him a while. Mm-hmm. But then when he obviously has that really crucial scene with Hans, he starts to be, he's like, I'm not, I'm turning into Riley and yeah. I, I'm not going to be that guy. Um, I'm going to be the guy that, you know, that's actually going to coach these guys the way that they need to be coached. Mm-hmm. So um, one of my favorite lines in the it's it's uh, uttered first with with Hans and then it kind of comes back in different forms later in the movie is about flying mm-hmm. and of course the the you know them being the yeah. ducks is very significant but he says you know 
teach them, you know, teach them to have fun, whatever. And he says, teach them to fly. Yeah. And I love that phrase. It's one of the best, I think it's one of the best phrases I've heard in any sports movie. Like I, I love the idea of like, it, playing sports isn't about it's not definitely about not about winning only about winning obviously everyone wants to win um it's about ha- having fun but it's about almost like when i when i heard teach them to fly almost felt like you're almost like a superhero mm-hmm. when you play sports like yeah. you're doing things that people are watching you do and going how how does he do that like it, this you almost become you, i'm sure you feel like that when you watch mlb like oh yeah like these guys are like almost like almost superheroes like how can they hit that ball out of the park you know anytime they want to if if they have the right pitch Mm -hmm. um and so when he says teach them to fly i kind of like almost kind of see like teach them to be like iron man or captain america like teach them to be a superhero on the ice and um that really hit home with me um later on in the movie obviously gordon himself says it you know like hey we're you know when we get out there we're gonna fly we're not we're not gonna you know um mess around or cheat or do anything, you know, we're just going to play. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) probably one of the most iconic things is, uh, the quack, 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 (laughs) quack. Cause uh, in the first, um, cause of course the Hawks are all win, win, win. (laughs) And he tries to do that with them in their first game. And they're just like, win, 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 what What are we doing here? And but then the iconic quack comes in, and then the iconic flying V. Yes, the flying V. Let's talk about that too. Yep. So you don't see the flying V until the last game, right? Yep. So and which that's kind of the signature Mighty Ducks move. Um, I'm assuming th- it's in all three of the movies. Yes. Okay. And because you either have the flying V or the knuckle puck, which doesn't come till the second movie. But the flying V is they're basically flying like ducks. And yeah. they just fly down the ice and they're passing each other the puck. And it gets really confusing because you don't know who has it because they're all close together and it's very successful. I think what, what I liked most about that scene, the, the writing in this movie is so smart. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's like for a kid's movie, like the writing shouldn't be this good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like the, what's so great about that scene in, when you see it in the game is that they never practice that or mm-hmm. they do, but then you don't see it on yeah. screen. And so you as a viewer, like the, he says, go into the flying V or whatever. And you're like, flying V, what's this? Like, yeah. you, like you as a That's viewer. kind of like a secret move. Yeah. But. Like even the, it's kept secret even from the audience. Mm-hmm. And, and so I really liked that. Like that was a really good story to, yeah. storytelling device. Um, but yeah, they go into the flying V and obviously score a goal off of it that, you know, the Hawks don't see it coming. No, but no one in the audience sees it coming. It's just a, it's the, you know, the audience watching the movie doesn't see it coming. So, um, it's just a really powerful scene. And I'm sure it's powerful in the other movies yeah. too, but the first time you see it in the first movie is just like, wow, like that was cool what they did. And it's only set up earlier in the movie by just the talk from Gordon. Like he's pep, he's pep talking the team at one mm-hmm. point they're out on the lake or whatever practicing and he's, or maybe in the, in their practice, uh, rank. And he's talking about, we're going to be the ducks. Like we're not going to be district five anymore. We are the ducks. And they're like ducks. That's such a lame name. That sucks. That's in the locker room before one of the games. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. They're like, no, we don't want to be the ducks, whatever. And he's, he's like, 
he's pep talking them into liking the name and he's he's saying like you know um have you ever seen a duck fight no because they always win and they're they're tough and, he's and like, they don't have any teeth like hockey yeah, players it's just like and they're like yeah that's right just like <laughs> hockey players but then like he he actually mentions a v at one point mm-hmm. like he's like they fly together and they watch out for each other they have each other's yeah. backs and um that becomes the heart and the soul of the team is like hey like we're about looking out for each other and being one one with each other and just having fun uh we're not this isn't cutthroat like we, yeah. this isn't like this it's peewee hockey like let's be real about like what we're really doing here and uh and that's the only mention of, the, of this v like flying in formation yeah and then when you see it in the game it gave me chills like I, I was just like wow that's awesome um that they called back all the way to that that pep talk scene so um more uh, duck qu- talk and quacking and stuff like that. Um, I really liked the the quack thing comes back again from the kids this time uh, when they're all go to detention. <laughs> or it's actually the reason they go to detention is um, they they get into a fight. There's not not everything is all well. I want remind me after we talk about this the 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 detention scene, which I think is so funny. Um, I want to go back to what preceded it, which is the betrayal, the yeah. supposed betrayal scene. But when, when there, there's not, everything is not well with the team at this time in the movie and they end up uh, infighting and yeah. they're, they're fighting literally during class. And they're literally pretty much the whole team is in science class together. Yeah. It was very convenient. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, they, they're literally like hitting each other, like in, in kind of getting this big brawl, like hockey style brawl in the middle of the class. The te- teacher comes back and is like, no. And then the principal comes in and they're like, stop right now, get in your seats or whatever. And everyone kind of goes back to their seat, except for Charlie who can't find a seat. And then they go to detention and well, first she says, what do you have to say for yourself? Oh, that's right. And they're like, quack. And then they all start quacking. Quack, quack, quack. And they, they go off the thing and she's like, oh my gosh, what, these people have lost their minds. He gives, she gives them all detention. And then when, when Gordon Bombay shows up at the school to pick them all up and take them to pra- presumably to practice for a game or something, um, they're all <laughs> scrawling uh, the exact same thing on the chalkboard. I will not quack at the principal. <laughs> He, he he sees he walks in and he reads that and he, like I don't think he calls attention to it immediately yeah and he just kind of goes into this big pep talk about hey we're a team and that's when he he discusses the whole betrayal thing what we'll, we'll, we'll get to in a second and then uh, and then it, he finishes the scene with a classic line where he's just like did you really all just quack at the principal <laughs> so that just happened so but let's let's go back we'll go back in time um what what was the betrayal scene so. Like? Um, when Bombay first off presents that uh, Banks is playing for the wrong team, he brings the, I'm guessing it's like the commissioner, head of the league, and the head of the league basically tells the Hawks, every game that Banks plays from here on out for the Hawks will be an automatic loss for you because he's not even supposed to be on your team. Yeah. So Gordon's walking out and everything, and Coach Riley comes and catches him, and he's just trying to figure out what on earth he's trying to do and yeah. what he's trying to prove. And then Gordon basically says some things where it's definitely sarcastic. Um, Gordon doesn't mean it. He right. tells them that some of these kids don't even deserve to live. And, um, yeah, we might get banks, but that's not going to matter or anything. And then Carp and Jesse hear um, – Gordon talking to coach Riley about it 
and everything. And so they definitely feel betrayed. Like we talked about earlier, how Carp sees a picture of um, Gordon and how um, how he figures out that he played for the Hawks at one point. And so um, Carp is like, well, now he's him and Riley are best buds because he played for him and obviously Bombay doesn't care about him. It's all about being buddies with Riley. Yeah, I forgot about the one-two punch. I, re- I remember that they took out of context some of the things he they overheard him yeah. saying. They didn't hear the whole conversation, so they didn't under- understand the context of it. He was being sarcastic. But yeah, I forgot that they also at the same time find out that he was a Hawks player. He's, yeah. they, they literally they say he's a Hawk. Yeah. Like they, they attribute him as that thing that they hate yeah um so yeah it, it, that's what causes kind of all the and then fighting, so so the drama goes on that the next game um jesse and carp kind of call him out because you see jesse and carp just sitting there and they're not dressed for the game everybody else is and so they kind of have the throwdown, and then um the players refuse to play the only ones that want to play are fulton and charlie yeah they never forfeit that game yeah and so that kind of leads up to the fight because everybody kind of thinks that Charlie is kind of the teacher's pet and Bombay's favorite because Bombay wants to be in love with Charlie's mom mm-hmm. and everything. And so that's kind of what leads to the fight. So now the Ducks are at a crossing point where they can either forfeit the rest of the season or they can play and they need to trust Bombay that he's on their side. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's only after all of that happens that they finally start winning games. Yeah. Like they they really struggled even to they they got one tie. Um, no, the tie happened. Yet. Oh, the tie was after that. Yep. Okay, so they really hadn't done anything good um, yep. up, up until or wait, all that. The happened. tie did happen. I thought so, so. Yeah, just one tie. I thought yeah, it was like right at the end of that. They game. talk about that they only need one more win to make it to the playoffs. Which I love. I loved that part of that the movie too. Is like you're not watching a tropey, you know, typical kind of sports movie where like you know they start out, they lose the first three games, and they win every game after that. Like some other mo- movies that we've even watched for this podcast. But um, this is like they literally don't. They hardly win any games. But yeah. it doesn't matter because every team goes to the playoffs except, except for the two. bottom two. Yeah. And one team's out with the. I think they <laughs> the say the measles. Yeah. And. <laughs> So it's literally either going to be the Ducks or this other team. Yeah. So all they have to do is beat that that one team, and yep. then they make it to the playoffs. But they're obviously the serious underdogs. Like they're at at yep. that point, they're two and seventeen or whatever. Have yep. How many games they play? Um, and so yeah. So I mean, obviously, no one is expecting them to any win any games in the playoffs, mm-hmm. let alone go, go all the way to the championship, let alone win the championship. So um, I thought that was really interesting too. That. Um, because of the the structure, it's not a typical like when you watch professional sports. It's like only the top six teams yeah. go or something like that, like in football. But in this one, it's the, kind of the opposite. Like almost everyone goes. Yeah, so. and actually, like the playing game is actually Banks's first game with the Ducks, and you can definitely tell that um, there's definitely some tension because the Ducks are kind of like, well, why do we even need this guy? I mean, because I mean. We talked about the scene earlier where the Hawks kind of bully the Ducks after their game. Mm. And Banks is right there with them. Oh, yeah. And so um, they're not willing to really accept him because they still think he's a Hawk and that he's not even going to help them. Even though um, they, Coach Riley talks about how he's the best player in the whole Pee Wee League. Yeah. And so, but they're not ready to accept him because... 
he is not a nice guy to them. Yeah, I wasn't sure that they'd ever get to that. Like, do they even have time to accept him yeah. in the last few games of the season? Um, but, I mean, they clearly do by the, the very end. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, this movie is very honest. Like, I, mm. there were there were very few scenes where I was just like, oh, come on, that wouldn't really happen. Like, honestly, we'll, anyway, we'll talk about the romance in the movie. There's very little of it. But uh, I, I thought even the rom- romance stuff was played off very honestly. Like, yeah, how you definitely. would like, expect a real relationship to start. Like, um, yeah, because if you had a team that you really hated, you wouldn't want their best player coming over to join your team. Yeah. I mean, eventually like you would probably enjoy it, but at first you'd probably be really mad. Yeah. And this is a Disney movie. Like they, they very easily and and maybe got even pressure back in the early nineties to, to kind of whitewash this a little Mm -hmm. bit and make it very, you know, easily palatable and like, Oh, it's, everything's got to have a happy ending and there can't be any bumps on the road. Like that's what you would kind of expect from a, an early '90s Disney movie. This movie's not interested in any of that. Yeah. Like it, it's it's trying to tell a real story here. Um, it almost feels like it almost feels like a based on a true story movie. But, oh yeah, but it's not based on anything. It's just mm-hmm. they wrote it like they they're like we're gonna tell a story that it's gonna feel real, like it feel yeah. true. So um, yeah, hats off to them for that. Um, the the romance stuff for me was the weakest part of the movie. It wasn't when I came to the movie to watch, but when you know the the very first time that he sees her um and his eyes kind of widen like saucers he's like okay this she's going to be a love interest um but again because it was played off so real i i i actually kind of went with it mm-hmm. uh, quite, quite a bit and i really appreciated what they did with her character in in your typical kind of sports movie type of thing where there's a love interest. Usually they're starstruck. They've got stars in their eyes. Every time that the coach or the player, whoever does the main character is around, that's not true of this girl. Like she kind of doesn't, she hates him really. Cause at at the beginning, first time she ever sees him, he's driving his limo on the ice Yeah, and she like chews him out and everything about the team. and everything. Yeah. And so you definitely can tell that. Um, and even, like several games into it, she still doesn't like him. But then she finally realizes like how much Charlie or how much Gordon means to Charlie. Yeah. And then that's when she starts. And, and even then, I mean, you're right. You're 100% right. But even then, like there's that. She's date, not ready to. There's that date scene where they're, it's, they're finally alone for the first time in the entire movie. It's like an hour and a half in. And, and even then she's like, I'm, I'm not sure. Like I, there have been other guys in my life that have meant a lot to Charlie, but they've all left. And what, what's going to make you any different? That kind of yeah. thing. Um, so I, I don't know. I was very impressed um, mm-hmm. with how, how they did all that. And I didn't think it overstayed its welcome. I, I, I just mentioned it was the weakest part of the movie for me, but I, none of those scenes were very long and yeah. it, then it got right back to the action. So um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'd be very interested to find out what 13-year-old me would have thought about those scenes. Like, like, come on, get back to the hockey, get back to the, <laughs> the laughs, you know? But as a 40-year-old me was watching it, I was like, man, that's that's pretty good cinema. Yeah. Like, I was, I was pretty impressed. So, um, what are some of the... We, I, I think we've, we've spent all this time talking about, like, the serious stuff in the movie. We haven't really talked about the funny scenes, I guess, yet. But um, I think one of the, the funny ones for me is when... Um, uh, Oh, uh, for you, which character it is. It's the one that that's in heavyweight, the main character in Carp. heavyweight. Carp, uh, gets, um, pummeled in the head with a puck <laughs> and like immediately goes down. He's got like a huge dent in his helmet. And, um, I forget what Averman says, but he's, you know, 
uh, laughing, laughing at, they're all just kind of poking fun at him. Um, I thought that was pretty entertaining. Yeah. Um, um, the first scene where you're first introduced to the ducks, that's pretty funny. Um, where you're introduced to Averman, Carp, uh, Jesse, and there's one other one that I can't remember. Um, but they're, they found this dog and they're feeding it beans and oh, I forgot the, all about that. Scene. The dog obviously goes to the bathroom, and then they stick <laughs> the remains of the bathroom inside this purse, and they stick out this dollar bill for somebody to come by. <laughs> and this guy comes by, and they're just like, and they think he's just going to take the money, and but then he takes the whole purse, <laughs> and they're just like, oh, this guy definitely gets what he deserves, and that's kind of where the slapstick is in the movie. Um, that's one of my favorites. Um, I, I love how, um, the, uh, and I want to get back to you, but uh, I love how like in that scene where he gets hit in the head with the puck where he, they're like, he's like, the coach is like, how many fingers am I holding up? He puts up four fingers. He's like, he wouldn't even know that anyways. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're very, um, they're very self deprecating of each oh, other, yeah. um, but in a really funny way, like mm-hmm. not in an insulting way at all. Yeah. And so, um, that's probably one of my favorite scenes. And then of course there's the redemption at the end. That's definitely my favorite part of the movie where they go from underdog to being the heroes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that, that final game. Um, they're losing They're th- They're down three zero. Like yep. it, it, you kind of, at this point you're like, this movie could end with a loss. Like mm-hmm. they, they legit could not even win this game. Yeah. Um, and then end the movie on a, it doesn't matter if you win or lose, you guys lost, but your winners in the end yep. type of ending. Um, and so I, I, I wasn't sure that they were going to win to yep. be honest. And then, um, coach Riley once again shows his true colors and, Banks really hasn't done a ton, but he's done enough to like annoy them. I mean, he yeah. hasn't scored or anything. The Ducks haven't scored, but Coach Riley's like enough's enough. So he tells his two other best players that it's time to tank Banks out of the game. And the one player kind of is like, "Are you sure we're going to do this?" And then the other player is like, "Okay, I'll do it." And so Banks... If you weren't sure if Riley was a bad guy up to this point, you were definitely sure at this point. (laughs) So Banks literally gets this breakaway, and the guy that used to be his friend is chasing him down, and he cross-checks him in the back, and Banks goes flying into the net, which he actually ends up scoring. Yeah. But he's literally laying there lifeless, and the one kid comes up, and he's like, what did you do? And he the other kid says my job yeah and banks is just laying there lifeless which banks kind of gets the short end of the stick in the whole trilogy because he gets hurt in the second movie i was gonna ask you if he came back in the um the third movie he ends up uh making the varsity team in high school so he's away from the ducks so he constantly throughout um the trilogy kind of gets the short end of the stick and Um, they carry him off on a stretcher. Now it's 3-1. And so now the Ducks are like, well, what are we going to do now? Because our best player, by far, is now gone. And so then the Hawks go on to score again. So it's 4-1. And then this is where it gets really good because this is where the Ducks' antics kind of come in and where you get the scenes where 
the ducks are the ducks because of this. Yeah. So you see the flying V goal and then you see the figure skating goal where she's spinning around and then I can't remember what the other one was. Oh, Fulton gets a goal from just like hammering it. Is this the one where he he shoots it into the goalie and the goal the goalie yep. goes into the goal. Yep. I thought that was really great. And so by the way, I love those. I'm sure they do this in all the three of the movies, but I love the the um like the puck cam. Like mm-hmm. where there's like a camera right behind a spinning puck. Yeah. I, I thought I thought those were really exciting to watch. Yeah. So you're now at four to four in the third period. There's not much time left. And you're just thinking, okay, so maybe there's a chance that they're going to win. And so then you see Charlie gets this breakaway goal. And by the way, this is very predictable. I, this, yeah. Like when, the, when it was all tied up, I was like, okay, I know where this is going. <laughs> yep. And so, um, he's got this breakaway and kind of the knock on Charlie, the whole movie is that he's a spaz and he's going to mess it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's one, the one positive in the first game with the Hawks is Charlie does get a breakaway. And he completely like whiffs on the puck. Yeah. And so he's kind of a screw up where uh, it looks like he's going to do something good, but then he's going to mess it up. And that's what you kind of expect. And then so he comes in and gets fouled as time expires and they're going to give him a shootout it's, or, it's or a penalty shot. It's 1973 all over again, yep. basically. Yeah. And so this time, instead of Bombay taking it, it's Charlie. But it's the same type of situation, but where um, Coach Riley was like, you know, if you miss a shot, you let me down and you let this whole team down. And Bombay is completely the opposite with Charlie. He's really talking to him about, you know, this doesn't really mean that much in the grand scope of everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm still going to be proud of you, whether you miss it or make it. Yeah. And so then that kind of sets the stage. And this is kind of one of the things that um, I enjoy the most about the Mighty Ducks is they take a scene from the beginning of the movie that obviously is going to play a part and then they bring it back full circle. And I mean, Charlie even does the triple deke that Bombay did. Same move, yeah. And then he, of course, makes the goal and they are champions now. Yeah. Man, well said. I, I I couldn't have summed it summed it up better than you. Um, that 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 last scene was so powerful. Yeah. Like, I, especially because it's literally the first thing you see in the movie. It's the opening credits. It's like directed by blah blah blah. And then you see a little shot, and then you know, starring Emilio Which that, That's really cool. Yeah. How yeah. they do that is how they show a couple, and then just like a snippet, and then more people that are in the movie, and then another snippet. Yeah. Yeah, the, the movie begins and ends with basically the same scene, yeah. but told from two told, told, two totally different pr- perspectives. It's bookended in that way. Um, and, and that's kind of what um, a main theme I feel like they want you to get across in the whole trilogy is Charlie's basically Gordon, but yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Gordon definitely sees himself in yeah. Charlie for sure. Yeah. So I and I, I mean I guess you can spoil the other movies too. I um I, does he get like better and more uh, like Gordon is one of the best hockey players to ever play pee wee hockey. Period. Yeah. In the entire Minneapolis region, does Charlie ever get to that level, or is it not about um, that at that point? Charlie more takes on the coach captain aspect 
Um, okay. Because in the second movie, he, at one point, because they add Russ Tyler, who's known for his knuckle puck, they add him. And at one point, they have one too many players. And you see Charlie um, say that because Banks is hurt at one point, and that's why they bring Russ Tyler in. But then when they get to the point where they have one too many players, Charlie's the one that says, you know, I'm going to be more of a coach. And he kind of takes a step back. And that's kind of, you kind of see Charlie as the one that keeps the Mighty Ducks together. And he, I mean, even in the third movie, Bombay really doesn't play a huge part in it. But in one of the scenes, he uh, tells Charlie, he has a heart to heart with Charlie. And he was like, I was not, because they go on to call it like the Minneapolis miracle or something like that. Mm. And he was like, I've told your coach now that I was not the Minneapolis miracle, but you were Charlie and you were the heart and soul and you need to. So it's more like he goes on like the coaching aspect of Bombay Mm. and not the player aspect. There's something really poetic about that. Um, you know, Bombay sees himself and Charlie as like a, you know, possibly the, the kid that's going to undo his mistake and actually yeah. win the game, which he does. Um, but then by the end of the series, it's it's more about Charlie becoming like him, like yeah. become, becoming like Gordon. So, um, yeah, that's really poetic. Um, boy, I, I did not expect to, to like this movie as much as I did. I, I was I was I was more surprised than anyone else would have been about me liking this movie. I I. I I, I think other people would say, oh, you'll love it. And I would have been like, oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I surprised myself more than anything else going into this movie. I I expected to get some laughs. I expected to see some cool, you know, sportsy kind of things like overcoming, you know, Bendy's Bears, basically, like uh, coming all overcoming all the odds type of thing. But I was not prepared for some of the the strong relationships and the strong themes and some of the strong uh, writing in this movie. Um, Even the acting is really good, which you don't always get from kid actors. Um, I was, I was blown away, honestly, how much I liked this movie. Um, So you talked it up really high, but honestly, like I almost feel like you didn't even talk it it up high enough. Like it it, it is, uh, it is much better than, than I think most people would remember uh, it being. So um, I guess if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it in a while, uh, definitely go back and watch this movie. Holy cow. Um, it's, it is, uh, I, I can almost promise you, dear listener, that it's better than you remember it being. Um, yeah. There's, there's things that you would probably ca- pick up on now as an adult that you maybe missed when, when you watched it when you were a kid. So, um, Any other scenes that you want to touch on before we kind of wrap up this mm. discussion? You and I both been to Minneapolis on yep. on separate trips. Um, I appreciated the Mall of America. Oh scene, yeah, um, definitely. With them kind of running through like hooligans, but um, and then the uh, Minneapolis is really famous for its um, like sky bridge mm-hmm. things. Like, like it's literally a like a walking bridge that's over the streets, like uh, like Hennepin Avenue, like some like big huge street in M- M- Minneapolis. And there's a scene where they're running across. Uh, no, they're rollerblading. That's yep, what it is. They're rollerblading. Yeah, yeah they rollerblading the, in the Mall of America too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I just being not being from Minneapolis, but being there several times, yeah. um, it was kind of fun to watch some of that. But uh, some, it's just different quotes that, uh, like, there's the scene where 
Gordon's teaching him how to pass with eggs and everything. Oh, I forgot about that. And he's telling him concentration, not strength. And then Averman's like, like the karate kid, right? <laughs> wax on, wax off. And then Connie is just like, just shut up and try it, Averman. <laughs> His delivery is so good. He he kind of does the. Um, there's another. Um, oh boy, what am I thinking of? Um, uh, ah, can't think of the actor's name, but he kind of has the same delivery as this other actor that was in the uh, kind of popular as a comedian in the '90s. He's just like, um, you know. Um, I'll just use your name because I, I don't remember like exactly who he's talking about, but like uh, Grant Youngsma, best of the best. Oh yeah, he's, like like he kind of does that kind of. He, and, he says the Pete Meister, yeah. Mister Rabble Rouser, <laughs> passing the puck over to Jesse Rooney, the Enforcer, <laughs> and then Connie comes over and hits him, and he's like, "Ouch, that hurt." It's the Connie Meister, the Velvet Hammer, <laughs> and but I mean he's he's definitely kind of the one that brings and like there's the scene where they're handing out the jerseys and Averman's giving him like a hard time and he's like Gordon's like um I didn't have a choice we're being sponsored and Averman's like by who Donald and Daisy <laughs> duck uh yeah so good man so he has I'm, all the best lines oh yeah um yeah I guess uh, best way to kind of wrap up this movie, I guess, is to uh, say that at the end of the movie, they clearly know there's going to be a sequel. Like, oh, yeah, the, definitely. The very last line you hear in the movie is, see you next season. We've got a title to defend. Yeah. And so you're just like, okay, well, I mean, again, I said this earlier, but like they knew what they had going into this. Oh, yeah. Like by definitely. the time it hit the box office, they're like, yeah, there's going to be a sequel. This movie's going to be a huge hit. And it was. I mean, it, it made a ton at the box office. It made, uh, so the budget was like, uh, 15 million. Yeah, it was in the, it was definitely in the teens, like a, you know, a, a one something number was their budget, but they made 50 million at the, at the yep. box office. So they made, you know, four times what they had put into it. And then another thing I read was that the, the box, no, sorry, the rental 14 million budget, 50.8 million yeah, box office. So basically right at four times. Yeah. Um, they the the rental sales of which you were a part, Grant, Grant Youngsma, um, that in the first year that it was available for rental after it came to mm-hmm. rental stores, twelve months after that, it made fifty six million in just wow. in just rentals. It actually ended up surpassing the box office is how much money they made off of rentals. Off I movie. did not know that. That's crazy. So, yeah, which I mean, you're if you're listening to this as a kid in 2020, you know, if you're like a high school student and listening to this podcast, wherever you're like rentals, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> I just watched this on Disney plus. It's, yeah. They didn't have streaming services back then, but yeah, no, I, back in 1992, 1993, like you either rent it or buy it or, mm-hmm. you know, or waited for it to come to Disney channel, I guess at some point. But, um, but yeah, they made a ton of money off of this movie. So, um, yeah, the, the sequels were definitely in the cards from the very beginning. Oh yeah. Cool. Well, I, I think this is one of my favorite discussions we've had on this podcast. I, yeah. I, I did not expect to watch this movie <laughs> or to like this movie as much as I did. And so uh, I just was really anticipating talking about it because um, there's, I think, a lot to talk about. There's stuff in that movie that we haven't even covered. Um, oh, yeah. You could talk for another hour on it. So. And like we talked about, um, the running time's close to an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, there is a lot to cover. In there's, it. there's a lot of story in this movie, um, more so than probably most Disney movies, to be honest. But yeah, I would definitely say if you haven't seen it, this is definitely one you need to watch. Yeah. And then 
I mean, and then D two is even better, right? D two is better. D three is good as well. And I mean, there we're in the time where you don't really have movie rentals anymore. But I mean, if you don't want to wait until October, go out and watch D two and D three. Yeah, I'm sitting here as a forty year old man, father, husband, and I'm like. I'm I'm like I'm so excited to watch D two when it comes out. Like I can't wait until October. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's kind of a weird place for me to be. I, I didn't expect to be there. Um, what else are you watching on Disney Plus these days? Um, well, we have been gone a lot, so we haven't really watched a ton of Disney Plus. Um, we have continued our Hannah Montana, and we're almost to the end of season two i think of ham montana so we have two more seasons of that to go but we actually watched solo and rogue one which i how good is solo yeah solo is really good i like that that movie's underrated i Mm -hmm. um a lot of people kind of give it crap because it's not it doesn't feel like a typical star wars movie but i went into that movie not expecting that and I was very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of people went in with high expectations. Like this is going to be to the, the level of Luke Skywalker. It's mm-hmm. like, no, that's not what this movie is about. It's, it's telling a very different side story. And I, if you, as long as you go into it with that kind of frame of mind, you'll love that movie. Yeah. And so I was definitely, it was my first time seeing solo. I was very impressed with it. I thought they did a great job. The casting was really good, and the story was really good as well. And then Rogue One, it was my second time seeing that. And I'm not, I mean, I realize why they had to have, or they wanted to do Rogue One to kind of set the base for the first or the original trilogy. Yeah. And, but I'm not a huge fan of Rogue One. Yeah. Um, I think I, I came away from that movie much higher than you on it. I, yeah. I really, actually really like Rogue One, but you're not alone. There, there are a lot of people that just yeah. don't really care for that movie. I mean, it's good and everything, but I mean, if I were to say, give you one Star Wars movie that I would go and watch over and over again, it probably wouldn't be Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I have kind of an opposite opinion on it. Um, not to start a fight or anything. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's probably, honestly... Um, Rogue One's probably like a top, it's not my top three Star Wars movies, yeah. but there are a lot of Star Wars movies. There's like 10 or 11. Um, I would say it's probably four or five on my okay. list. I, I, it's pretty high for me, but um, I also, um, I, 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 I came to Star Wars differently than you. I, I grew up on the Star Wars movie, the original trilogy. And so Rogue One is very meaningful to me, yeah. just for like the kid in me. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you kind of see the original trilogy is just kind of, you know, equal to all the other movies and stuff like that. I can see how yeah. Rogue One really wouldn't be that impactful. But and um, for anyone that's older, I think Rogue One is is, is more meaningful um, to them. But. And I can definitely tell you, it's not very high on Caitlin's list either. Yeah, because she literally <laughs> fell asleep. Yeah. during Rogue One. So I think the the only negative thing for me, and it, but it's not trying to be that movie either. Just kind of like Solo, but um, th- there are no like Jedi in the movie. Yeah. Um, it, the closest thing you get is, is like that kind of the Asian kind of dude. I am the force. Yeah. And the force is with me. Yeah. That guy. Um, he's clearly using the force. I mean, he's, he's very yeah. powerful, but no one calls him a Jedi. He doesn't even call himself a Jedi. Um, he has never been trained as a Jedi. So, but so essentially there are no Jedi in the movie. And, yeah. um, it, for me, I, I really appreciate it just because it's, uh, 
it's all about like boots on the ground. Like it's the it's the actual. It puts war. It, it puts the word war in Star Wars, um, which we hadn't. We had seen some of. Um, obviously, Clone Wars is is mostly about that. Mm. But um, but Rogue One, as far as cinema, like in the in theaters, kind of did what a lot of the movies hadn't done. So I appreciated it for that. But yeah, yeah. So you guys have been. I mean, I, I don't know if you said this on the podcast or not. Um, I, I forget what we've said on air versus off air. But you guys watched. Uh, you had seen them before, but Caitlin mm-hmm. watched all of the Star Wars movies. For the, the first time. In the span of two weeks? Yeah, whenever, dis- or probably about a month. Um, she watched one through eight. Um, it all happened when Disney Plus came out. So like the second week of November until like the week before Christmas. Caitlin had never seen any of the Star Wars movies and she watched one through eight yeah. for the first time ever. That's the strength of Disney Plus right now is like you could just watch through an entire franchise of films. Think about yeah. all the Marvel stuff. Like think about think about the riches, the, the, like mm-hmm. the abundance of riches you would yeah. have if you're like a nine year old. Definitely. Like uh, I mean, we have a friend. Grant and I have a friend where his his nine year old he'll, he'll be he, he'll be ten in September. Miller is um, watching most of the Marvel movies for the first time right mm-hmm. now, and they're just it's just all there. Like you can watch all yeah. of them on Disney Plus. Uh, there might be one that's missing somewhere in there, but he's been watching all of them back to back for the first time. Think about renting each of those movies. Like I want to show all 22 yeah. Marvel movies to my kid. Okay. Well, 22 times $4. It's like, <laughs> okay, that's going to ramp, ramp up or you buy them. I try to get like a, you know, yeah. or even before buy. this, um, if it was on like a streaming service for included in a streaming service you would have to go on prime and you'd have yep. to rent it for like four or five bucks i mean before disney plus uh we are an unofficial disney plus podcast but obviously big fans of the service but before disney plus you would have watched mo- maybe most of them on netflix or yeah. something but not all of them mm-hmm. uh, but like disney plus is literally your one-stop shop for all yeah. the star wars and marvel so i think just that alone is is a really powerful thing and for them. i want to say they now have every single marvel movie Okay. Because I yeah. believe Ant Man and the Wasp was the last one. The last year and I want to say it just got on this weekend. Okay. Or it it's coming this August. I think it was this past weekend that it was on. Yeah. So yeah. I think that capped off that every single Marvel movie is now on Disney Plus. And then add to that the I mentioned this at the front top of the show, but like the the original content like it's you know the series marvel series that are coming out there's a uh captain america and winter soldier and then mm-hmm. wandavision i don't know if both of those are still going to hit this year or not i think wandavision might have been pushed back or, i think wandavision got pushed back but maybe into the next year but mm-hmm. um i mean in the next six months you're going to get original content new stuff that no one has ever seen yeah. that's marvel and it's exclusive to disney plus so um yeah those are serious money makers for them oh definitely so I can't wait for that stuff. Um, I've not really been watching much on Disney Plus, to be honest. I uh, we typically watch Disney stuff with our four year olds, and mm-hmm. we've watched a couple movies here and there. Um, I'm still trying to get her to watch Emperor's New Groove. She just <laughs> refuses to watch that movie, much to my chagrin. Uh, I would love to watch it again, even though we literally just covered it on the show. Um, that movie's instantly re- rewatchable. Um, but yeah, we've been watching some other stuff here and there. Um, I have been on a huge Star Trek. Kick. Okay. Uh, so not Disney Plus in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. But um, we we're talking about Star Wars a second ago. 
Um, I have never seen The Next Generation ever. Okay. Like I've never seen not, even. I have not either. Yeah, but. I've, I've never even seen one 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 single episode of it. Um, I'd seen I've seen every episode of like the original Star Trek, uh, Star Trek Enterprise, which is maybe the what most people consider the worst Star Trek show. Um, I've seen the stuff on CBS All Access, the new shows that have been coming mm-hmm. out, Star Trek Discovery. Um, but I've never seen the the what most people consider to be the best Star mm-hmm. Trek ever, and so I've been. Going through it, I just finished season one of Star Trek: uh, okay. ne- Next Generation. So, there's seven seasons. I have a lot to watch, <laughs> um, but uh, those shows are, that that show is truly special. And I've only gotten through what is arguably the worst season of the Next Generation. So, I'm already in love, and I, I can't wait wait to watch the rest of it. Um, I probably I don't know that I'll mention that again on this on this uh, Disney <laughs> Plus podcast, but that is uh, what has been taking up most of my time is watching that show. Okay, so uh, definitely. Uh, enjoying myself there. Um, I don't know what we're going to cover next time. We'll we'll talk about it off air. I might I might post about it if if people want to watch something before they listen to the episode. But uh, we'll probably cover um, another movie. We're again kind of in summer mode and kind of biding our time until there's some um, Winter Soldier stuff to yeah. watch. So um, so yeah, we'll pick another movie from the list uh, for next time. If you have any suggestions or you want to give your thoughts on Mighty Ducks, I'd love to play your thoughts on the show. Uh, just hit up hit us up at Disney Plus Reviews at at Hotmail Disney plus reviews at hotmail.com that's p-l-u-s spelled out uh we'd love to include you in the show uh or give us a suggestion for what we should cover next time there's a lot to to talk about on the service and by the way there's there is probably i would say there's uh just movies not even tv it's an endless amount of tv series on disney plus if you're just talking about the films on the on the service there's probably 200 hours of movies I've i've never seen easily easily um, so there's there's a bunch of stuff that I would like to watch for the first time um, mm-hmm. and then cover it on the podcast. So uh, we'll figure it out and um, and maybe let you know even in advance. So extra long episode for you uh, this week to make up for being gone uh, last week. Hopefully we, we won't have to do that again for the rest of the year. Um, I, I'm starting to overcome some of my allergy problems. So <laughs> hopefully we'll be in, in better health. So you stay healthy. Obviously you stay uh, COVID free and uh, wear your mask and all that good safe stuff. Stay six feet away. Yeah, six feet away, please. Um, so, and uh, that's it for us on this episode of Disney Plus Reviews. Quack. 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 Go Ducks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>